You are listening to the Give Me Five Podcast, episode 5 podcast, a bi-weekly podcast, reviewing the things you love today and, you know what, the things I loved yesterday. <laughs> My name is Bullet, and I'm joined again by Hollow Bob. Hello. And Boy Sweat. So, I, I have a question here. <laughs> Does that mean I'm a sweaty boy? Or I'm like... Someone that collected the sweat of boys? I choose to believe it's that you like sweaty boys. Or that you cause little boys to sweat. (laughs) That's even better. (laughs) Probably not, but okay. Let's go with that. Yeah. This caused one little boy to do his homework every once in a while by yelling at him, but that's about it. Anyway, moving on. Those were actually nicknames that were used in the movie Man of Wrath. Uh, Good to know. Okay. Interesting. This is a Side B episode, and this week we are going to talk about the 1985 movie My Science Project. And of course we will answer our Give Me Five question of the week. This is a review show. Please remember this is a review show. There will be spoilers. We're going to try to avoid major twists, but, excuse me, there will be spoilers for a crappy movie that came out 27 Mm -mm. years ago. Watch your mouth. Okay. Not so crappy movie in this case, because I was very excited when you said that you picked this one, because this is a pretty cool flick. Um, But there may be spoilers, and if you really want to see it, check it out first, then come back to see how intelligent we are talking about it. Um, if we're talking about something you haven't seen, read, or listened to yet, then use your own discretion. Picture it now. Someone's like, honey, come to dinner. And he's like, hold on, I gotta formulate this email to this podcast. They done spoiled a movie from 1985 and pissed me right off. (laughs) I didn't want to know how my science project ended, and these guys ruined it. I'll be down in a moment. Those bastards. But Omar did tell you that... Bring me not. my scotch! <laughs> <laughs> Woman! And my cravat, <laughs> I guess. What, is, what do you wear? Yes. Yeah, cravat. <laughs> okay, I didn't know about this movie. Rob, tell me about this movie. Well, this movie was released in August of 1985. August 9th, to be exact. was directed by Jonathan R. Bet- Two? But twelve? Sure. Sure, why not? Stars John Stockwell, Daniel Von Zernick, Fisher Stevens, Raphael Zabarge, Ralph Mazur, Barry Corbin, Anne Wedgworth, Dennis Hopper, Candace Silvers, and Robert Beer, who is in fact Greg's favorite presidential lookalike. Oh yeah. Yeah. He was good. Yeah, he was. Man. That could have been a, a give me five question, actually. Like 
who actually nailed the president they're supposed to look like. And I think this would have been my number one. Because I recognized him before they said him, said his name. You're like, oh, that's Eisenhower. Yeah. Well, I was like, my first thought was because, like, when he first showed up on screen, I'm like, that dude looks just like Eisenhower. And then they were like, 1950. I was like, oh. <laughs> it, it is Eisenhower. Yeah. We'll get to that in a moment. So. The. Go ahead. Before we uh, get into this whole thing, finish up our, our opening. Okay. Here. The, the synopsis is that. Michael and Ellie break into a military junkyard to find a science project for Michael's class and discover a strange glowing orb which absorbs electricity. When the orb begins to blend past, present, and future, it's up to Michael and Ellie to stop the orb and save mankind. Now, the the movie, just just a little background. I I could not find an initial budget for this movie. A uh, I, I looked. I just couldn't find it. I, it did actually only gross $4.1 million. So I would imagine that it probably lost money. But that being said, I remember watching this movie when I was a kid. And it's still just just a fun diversion type movie. I mean, it's it. I found it very enjoyable to watch that... Like I've told you guys, there's there's a quote in this movie that I have been quoting since I saw this movie when I was a kid. So, there's that. And, honestly, th- this movie really kind of handles time disturbances much better than the last movie we did. <laughs> which was a complete train wreck. And and it has it has a nice pace. Was that called a, a Sound of Omar? <laughs> yes, a Sound of Omar. I, I believe it, it sounds like a dying cow farting. <laughs> um, Never lived that down. <laughs> and th- this movie is actually one of those posters that I still remember. I, I remember what this poster looked like from when I saw it when I was a kid. Yeah, I remember it too. And Greg, had you ever seen this movie? I know you hadn't seen the movie, but did you I recognize never, the movie poster? I've never heard of this movie, seen the poster. Uh, literally the first time that you mentioned it Couple, it was months ago, actually, when you were talking about the quote. Uh, I was like, what? And I never, like, the first time I ever saw anything about this movie was when I went into YouTube and started watching it. And that's so crazy to me. And it is free like on a, YouTube, by the way. Yeah. But you're, you're, a, uh, you're a Blockbuster alumni. I am. Like, alumni. They didn't have it. At, apparently, they did not have it at my store. Oh, man. Oh, they but did. I know they had it at the Blockbusters around here where we grew up. I remember it. Yeah. I remember it. Yeah. Well, I didn't see it at my store because I was... But... So, yeah, no, it was... Uh, I really didn't have much initial thoughts on this. It was like... You know, when you, when you go into 80s science-based movies, and I, not sci-fi necessarily, because when you say sci-fi, you kind of get a certain thought, you know, space and stuff like that. When you go into that kind of movie... You, it could either be, uh, what's the, oh, geez, not, what's the other big science, uh, weird science. It could be like a weird oh, science yeah. situation, or it could be like something that's like going to get dropped on USA Network at two in the morning. Mm-hmm. It can go one way or the other. This one kind of fell in the middle for me. Um, it was not hugely memorable and amazing. But it was also not trashy and bad. 
Right. So, fair. So that, that would be my initial thoughts. What about you, Omar? Going back and watching it for the first time in a while. Um, there was things that I remembered and things that I didn't, like as I was watching it. Um, there's one scene that I guess we'll get to in a little bit that I, I, um, I it's not iconic, but it's memorable to me. Um, my initial thought was, this is totally an 80s movie. <laughs> and uh, my initial thought was, it was nice... It was nostalgia, I guess, was my initial thought about the movie. Um, it was very 80s. Oh, and one of the very first things that I noticed as as the movie starts is, and I think this has been mentioned before, that like the 1980s was such a 50s throwback time because one of the characters that we'll get to in a minute, I think, um, had a very 50s clothing and hair aesthetic. Mm-hmm. And it just... It it just keeps I just every time we watch these movies it reminds me how uh, every generation always looks back about twenty years twenty years well that would be thirty years well uh, what I'm saying is from the eight oh I, I see what you're saying I see I, I see what you mean because it's this is eighty what year was this movie eighty five yeah okay so thirty years okay yeah that's fair. So to get to the 50s, it'd be you, Right, years. right, right. I get you. But, like, every generation has that, like, throwback. And, and for the 80s, the early part of the 80s, it was the 50s. Right. Well, almost like almost like the, the last decade was the, uh, was the 80s. And we're seeing a lot more um, 90s stuff now. Right. And then, like, a few years back, the big thing for younger kids was the 80s. Like, mm-hmm. they thought the 80s was great. Not really I still think the 80s were it. great. Right. That's my initial thought is just that like throwback thing. Um, oh, and the another the other thing was that the technology or like the CGI, if you want to call it that, whatever technology they were using to make those like little electricity looking things in the movie was the exact same thing they used in Ghostbusters. Mm. Yeah, we'll, we'll get to that. We'll get to that. Okay, let, let's let's go here. We're, I'm going to start off with some of these characters here and the actors. The the director is, uh, as we said, Jonathan Batool. He actually wrote The Last Starfighter. Oh, I love that movie. Mm-hmm. Um, and he, you know, for this being one of those 80s movies that's iffy and no one really knows it, except for you two, apparently. Uh, he produced Freddy's Nightmares. He, he produced Theodore Rex. He's written a bunch of other stuff as well. Uh, John Stockwell, you might, like, I knew the name, but I think it was more because of Dean Stockwell. That's, I looked that up, and they're not related. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but he was Cougar in Top Gun, mm-hmm. which is how I kind of knew him. He also directed Kickboxer Vengeance, which will absolutely be a movie we watch at some point in the near future. <laughs> Sounds about he, right. He also apparently was a, a main player in the movie Christine. Yes. Ah. That was a good one. And actually makes a Cars. reference to Christine in this movie. Really? Could you... He talks about how he heard about a car that um, like went crazy and flamed up its owner or something. Oh. Uh, Interesting. Yeah. I did not catch that. 
Uh, Danielle Von Zernick, where have you seen her before? The blonde, uh, uh... La, 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 bamba. Oh, is oh, that was the it girlfriend in La Bamba? Yep, that was Donna. Donna? Donna. Yeah, wow. she plays Ellie Sawyer. Ellie Sawyer is the kind of... It's weird because they don't make a big deal, big deal out of it. She's like the nerdy, awkward girl that slowly becomes attractive throughout the movie. But it's not like what the movie is really about, but it just kind of happens. Because it's an 80s movie, it has to happen. Yeah. Yeah, the the nerdy girl takes off her glasses and all of a sudden she's hot. Yeah. yeah. No, I noticed she was hot. That's what happened to me in high school. <laughs> I took no, off my glasses. No, happened to you in high school. Yes, it did. I took off my glasses, I put on a Metallica shirt, and chicks dug me. And so did I. Yeah. Wait, what? <laughs> <laughs> it's true. It's true. Uh, Dennis Hopper plays Dennis Hopper, but he also <laughs> plays Bob Roberts. Yes. That, yeah. You, you know that he had just gotten out of rehab when he came to do this movie? Not surprising. Wow. It's the same character from Easy Rider. It didn't change. It's, it's the same guy. Yeah. He, <laughs> did, you, did you catch that he even had on the same outfit when he came back from the 60s? Oh, yeah, the Easy Rider outfit? That's funny. He had on the Easy Rider outfit when he came Holy back shit, he did. through the time portal. With the, like, uh, with the, <laughs> the, like, the little the folded up side Australian hat or whatever. Yeah. That's true. That's, That's true. fucking hilarious. It's like the second Dennis Hopper movie we've watched in the past couple months, too. It's weird. He's awesome. Yeah. Uh, Fisher Stevens is, it plays the best buddy Vince Latello. Annoying as shit. Kind of funny. But... You know, he was always a surprise to me because he, and this would never fly today, he actually played uh, Ben Jabatuya in Short Circuit. He was the Indian yeah. guy in in that. And uh, Fisher Stevens, not from India or Pakistan. Not sure what he's no. supposed to be. And people and, would freak I mean, the hell honest, out. Honestly, when I saw it, I didn't know. Yeah. Yeah. And which is funny because, like, that was my favorite character in Short Circuit. Well, and I'm sorry, that's a lie. Ali Sheedy. Of course. It was my favorite character. If Ali character. Sheedy's in the movie, it's my favorite character. Yeah. But, yeah, no, the Fisher Stevens character in this movie is very, he's the quintessential 80s buddy. He's, like, totally mm-hmm. misogynist. He's, like, says totally inappropriate things. He's, he's, yeah. yeah, this is an 80s movie for sure. I'm just gonna And uh, Raphael Saberge. Raphael Saberge actually has been in a bunch of stuff. Uh, he's probably had the most prolific career other than maybe Dennis Hopper, but Dennis Hopper kind of, blew up early on and then kind of coasted out with you know eventually in speed and stuff like right. that but um Raphael Saberge he's uh he was actually very recently in Fear of the Walking Dead and he, he had a pretty decent yeah I forget who he played but he had a pretty decent stint in uh, Once Upon a Time he was Jiminy Cricket in that oh my god and that's he's right. been a, uh, my daughter was he's been in a bunch of stuff yeah yeah so and he plays the Sherman the nerdy guy but that you know that's the characters he, I just wanted to kind of give you a little bit of them just before we kind of go into the plot here. Now, we're going to do a little bit of a plot breakdown, and you guys are just going to pepper me with awesome information about it and your thoughts. Because this movie starts in the past. It starts in 1957 with our awesome Eisenhower dude. Apparently yeah. there's, a cra- there's a crashed UFO, and Eisenhower, a former military guy, Eisenhower, shows up and sees this thing that they found in this UFO. And it, I mean, this is really just for context. This is just so that they can establish where the orb came from. Mm-hmm. So It came I mean, from Spencer's I, gifts. That's what from, I was, oh my God. It because it's it. one of those plasma <laughs> orbs. It's one Sorry. of those plasma orbs from Spencer's yeah, gifts. Yeah, exactly. 
But you know this 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 scene was perfectly appropriate. It it was the right amount of time. It let you know where this thing came from, and then they just left it alone, which is you know what they should do. It's funny because like they do that weird shot with it where it's like close to the camera, and they do this like forced perspective thing on it. And I was like, okay, it's just this big science vault, and they're talking about the orb, and then I'm like, oh shit, that's supposed to be the orb. I was like, because I'm thinking, like, is the orb next to the Spencer's gift plasma ball? No, that's the one. (laughs) That's it. Yeah, so it was there. And, um, you know, my other thought, well, first of all, they, when they go into the the thing, there's always the, like, one dude that's randomly welding so that they can have the sparks falling on the ground. Correct. I thought, I noticed that. Like, every military thing. Yeah. Yeah. And also, there's no possible way. That a former military dude would ever be like, this thing has uncontrolled power. Let's get rid of it. Like, yeah. <laughs> oh, and he says, get rid of it. And then what do they do? They concentrate this high powered laser on it. By the way, it's 1957. Mm-hmm. So yeah. presumably, this is like the height of technology because it's this high powered laser. And then the, this, the camera just like, I guess, fades or just like goes on to 1980, whatever year. But, yep. What do you think is going to happen? <laughs> like, what, yeah, you're you're like attacking this thing that's got unlimited power with a laser. I mean, uh, anyway. Yeah. So here's where we get the the main characters. You, as you said, we go to 1985. We are now at a high school. We have our main character, the gearhead dude that we talked about, uh, Michael Harlan, and he, of course, being a gearhead, he only wants to work on cars. Man, don't make me do my science project. And the teacher is not super happy with them for not doing his Right, project. we know, this is another thing early on, we know through Dennis Hopper that this kid has above the usual skill level when it comes to mechanics and electronics, or something. I guess mechanics mm-hmm. more, right? Right. Mm-hmm. Now my, my thought is, if your science teacher is, is Dennis Hopper and you have to turn in a science project, just turn in a shitload of LSD. And like, you're good. Here you go, dude. He'll be like, how did you make this, man? Give him a Spencer's <laughs> Gift plasma orb and some LSD, and he's going to give you an A. <laughs> right? And then just walk out, and he'll never know you're gone. <laughs> okay. Uh, I'm going to write that down. <laughs> Dennis Hopper is no longer with us, sadly. Um, was it the LSD? Was so uh, I don't believe so. No, he was, was just old. Uh, yeah. He lived a good long life. Yeah. So he also they do a little gag where where he's like huffing the teacher's huffing in the class and just, you know, 80s movies always have the best nerds in it cuz they go like full on stereotype for the nerds. Mhm. And now nerds are cool. So like the nerds these days are not really nerds anymore, but like they'll they'll do the Yeah, you know, it's where you get the tape on the glasses, the pocket protector, the the braces, the headgear, all that stuff, and mm-hmm. yeah. So we we have some nerds also in the classroom. Actually, one of the main characters is is a nerd. Um, but anyway, so how do they solve the problem of having to have a science project? Which I always thought you kind of have to do a science project, not just kind of find one laying around. <laughs> That's a whole other thing. Don't worry about that. Yeah. Yeah. It, <laughs> and it was weird that he was like, "I just need to find something to turn in." I'm like. Does it work like that? Don't you have to describe how it works? <laughs> can't your dumb yeah? Can't your dumbass just make like a volcano out of some plaster and 
stick some vinegar in it. But that's the thing is the science projects are not projects. They're, they're experiments. Yeah. And this was not an experiment. It was just him turning in a orb. Yeah. So they, yeah, he basically is like, well, let's, let's go find this thing. So he decides to break into a military boneyard. Uh, I've, I might've seen this military boneyard because I have seen a military boneyard and it was in Arizona and people think that this was shot there. Um, it's crazy what you like, it's in the middle of the desert and it's just like airplanes without wings and hundreds of tanks. Like there's a boneyard somewhere in America that they literally make new tanks and just drive them there and leave them there because they don't want to lose the funding. That's insane. Yeah. I completely believe that, but that's insane. Yeah. And it's not like conspiracy theory. Like this is like, it's well known and it's just like, Oh, for true. Yes. It is very for true. Um, but I've, I've seen pictures of these, these places because, you know, I used to work in military sims, so they would bring us there to get pictures. I, I didn't go specifically for that. I, I just I went by it when I was driving across the country. But um, because I had received pictures of it, I guess would be the way to put that. But anyway, um, they go there. You know, it's, it's a real type thing, and there's, of course, a you know, your typical, like, late-night guard and dogs and all that, and they... They're kind of moving around, like, rummaging for stuff. And it, he goes with his friend Ellie, who is the, I guess, the girl. The the potential love interest, maybe? Right, mm-hmm. but do you remember how she ends up with him? Uh, go ahead. Yes. Rob. What? She... She pulls a she pulls a eighties movie trope where she like plays the damsel in distress and basically tricks the guy into helping her so that she has a excuse to talk to him. She she uh, pops the carburetor off of her or she pops the cap off of her carburetor right. and disables her vehicle and has a whole line of students waiting behind her. And this is one part that I didn't understand because there's a whole line of students waiting behind her trying to get out of the parking lot and. And the the main character, uh, Mike, is the only one who has the sense to drive around. To in the second, in the up. other lane. Yeah, exactly. Right, and drive up and find out what the problem but is. But the funny it's thing like, about oh. that was when he pulled next to her, now he's blocking the other lane. He's completely yeah. blocking everybody. Not that it mattered because nobody thought to go around anyway. <laughs> right, because nobody yeah. was going around anyway. <laughs> but then he goes and he, he like calls her out on the carburetor cap thing. And she's like, listen you got to save my reputation. Will you just go on one date with me? And he's like, all right, whatever. So that's how they end up in this fucking military boneyard. Mm-hmm. It's just such a weird... It was just a weird... It was a thin... Yeah, a thin yeah she thinks it's point. a date, and he's just like, yeah, I, I just need help breaking and entering. And <laughs> I, I need a smart... Yeah, I need a smart girl to like show me science stuff. <laughs> um, and, of course, they find the orb, and right then they get caught. By the, the the security guard and of course uh, angry guard dogs and I'm such a dipshit man. If you ever need to go on a heist, do not bring me because I'd be like puppy. <laughs> like my ass would be like I want to pet the angry snarling German Shepherd, <laughs> the hellhound. <laughs> yeah. Like, I, like, I think he's starting to like me. Like he ate well, your entire leg. And I I loved that they ran from the guard dog, and then we're like, oh, let's hide behind this plane. It's a fucking dog, dude. <laughs> You you can't hide behind the plane. They the smell what you gonna, ate for breakfast. The dog's gonna find you. What are you doing? Just go. Yeah, well, it worked in the movie. Yeah. So 
they escape. They have this thing. They don't know what this thing is. We don't know what this thing is for the most part. And they go in the car, and it it, it basically ends up making the car break down. And I found this kind of funny because you know he doesn't want to call help because oh, there's people in the town find out that my car was the one that broke down, and you know the whole town will know and all this. So they call his friend, who's Fisher Stevens, and Fisher Stevens' car is fucking ridiculous. Yeah, yeah, it is. I want Christmas. I love it. In my car too. I want that little middle finger that pops up out of the trunk. <laughs> yeah, the middle finger that pops up out of the trunk is great. He's got Christmas lights on the inside. He's it. got the um, uh, it's got uh, a disco ball, and the license, uh, a what's it called, a, a bumper sticker that says my uh, my other car is a piece of shit too. <laughs> like it's it's so perfectly eighties, and eighties movies always did like the weird inventor guy. That would have like, it was like Ghostbusters Data did from it. the Goonies. Yeah, right, uh, right, the Goonies, right, right. Ghostbusters. Uh, they always had these clips. I know movies. it was early '90s, but um, Honey, I Shrunk the Kids. There was always like some inventor, Doc Martin. Uh, Doc Martin. Huh. Doc, Doc, Doc Brown. Brown. <laughs> Doc Brown. Thank you, Doc Martin. He pre-invented shoes. Yeah, so. We like his shoes. <laughs> yeah, especially on chicks with sundresses. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> Do you need a moment? I'm just... <laughs> no, I'm good. <laughs> like... Moments passed. <laughs> okay. Um, yeah, I, in fact, my notes for that was just sex car in all capital letters <laughs> <laughs> with, uh, three, count them three exclamation points yep, on that one. Yeah. And he's also hooking up in this car, but this is his buddy when he gets the call he's he's hooking up with a Cindy Lauper lookalike. <laughs> and when he's like, yeah, okay, we got to go. She, would you just catch what she said? When she like kind of looks at the camera a little bit, she's like, "So what am I, kryptonite?" Right. Yeah, and what does that I mean? I was like, I didn't understand that either because I was like, I thought the saying was "chop liver." Even in the '80s, I thought it was "What am I, chop liver?" Yeah, yeah, but I think it was just I think it was the setup for how he responds because she says, "What am I, kryptonite?" Like he's like he's not interested anymore because he got like whatever because he's helping his buddy, and he's like something something. Well, you're not. You haven't turned into a pizza. So, <laughs> and I was like, yeah. "Wow!" <laughs> like, holy <laughs> shit, man! Like, that's like that's it for you. Like, she's kind of just nothing. Now, it's... for the record, the two leads in this movie are like the most unlikable people in the entire movie. That's fair. Oh, but see, I didn't think Mike was. He's not that unlikable. He's just a gear. They were both, I, I they that... were both kind of bullies. I, I saw that in the notes here you wrote bully, but I didn't think Mike was a bully at all. Where did where did you pick that up? They were, well, they were picking on the nerdy guy at some point. I don't remember which which point I saw, but it was very early in the movie. I was like, wow, that's well, weird. They actually made the the lead the two lead characters like the bullies. The jocks were picking on the nerd, and then the nerd ended up paying the jocks to go after Mike. Yeah, the nerd. But I don't is remember. Like yeah, I don't. Which is I don't remember. I don't remember Mike being a bully at all. Mike was just, um, he just did his own thing. He he just wanted to, like, work on cars, and he didn't give a shit. I don't know that he was a, a bully. I kind of see what you mean, Rob. Like, he, he wasn't necessarily a bully. He was just, just fuck off and leave He was into his own stuff. Yeah, and... I want to work on my Pontiac, period. Yeah. Now, there was, a, there was a certain point early on was, like, kind of a bully. I don't know. Maybe there was. I think I you're just oversensitive. No, just... <laughs> They were unlikable, and and there there was a bullying situation. There may be, yeah. So they have the orb, 
they decide to go back to the shop to figure out what the hell this thing is. And so we got Michael, we got... Uh, the, oh, you also mentioned that his buddy is a greaser, which is weird that yeah. the, that in the 80s that you did... We were recording something last night for all of, for all of you people out there that might want to be patrons. We were recording it, and briefly, someone mentioned it's weird that the, the 80s movies always had, like, 50s-style stuff. Like, 50s music or 50s hairdos or, you know, the clothes, glasses. And, yeah. And you could even go, like, like outside the, of this movie, like the Stray Cats and things like that. Like, these groups that were popular, mm-hmm. and they were very, like, rockabilly-style. Mm-hmm. Are you talking about the scene where the girl and the nerd were trying to interview them for the paper? I'm not And sure. they were kind of short and curt with them? I don't remember. Immediately after the girl had broken up with him, and he was still dealing with that, and they're like, oh, so I heard that so-and-so just broke up with you. Oh, early no, it was, on. it yes. wouldn't have been that. And he was very, like... I don't think he it was, was that. Very, yeah, he, that's a good word, curt. He was very, like, get the, like, how the hell does everybody know about this already? Get away from me. I feel like Moving I have to on. defend the main character. <laughs> <laughs> they go to the shop, and they're trying to figure out this uh, orb situation. And you know, they're basically doing just, let's see what happens when we do this kind of uh, situation. And here's where you mentioned earlier where it starts looking like Ghostbusters. And it's funny that you said that because I wrote the same thing down. I wrote it Ghostbuster-esque. You see this little, like, puff of Ghostbuster-esque thing. And I have no... I, it's, it's an overlay, I think. Okay. Um, like hand animation, I think. Yeah, it could be hand animation or just they record something and then just lay the film on top of it because it wasn't computerized, obviously. But that then. makes sense, though. It does look like it's something laid over it. Like, now that you say mm-hmm. that... I didn't know that, but now that you say that... And back then, it. they had to lock the camera down. They couldn't move the camera because it would cause the overlay to you know, move when the camera moves. Gotcha. Um, oh, so if the camera moved to the left a little bit, the electricity-looking thing would also move left, but it shouldn't yep. because it's supposed to be coming out of the... Yeah, light. they would have to actually hand-move that piece of film around with okay, it. Okay, got, so got it, got that's it. that's kind of how special effects work now. You track the camera first, and then you go from there. Interesting, okay. Yeah. Feel free to come to my, my uh, day six lecture for my broadcast design class if you want to learn more. <laughs> um, anyway... Uh, yeah, there's like this little bit of energy. They hooked it up to a battery, and some wackiness happens with this. Do you guys have anything you care to add about the uh, the craziness where they first realize this orb has some power? I, th- I like that um, the f- that the f- the one of the first things I noticed was that uh, the thing that comes back. I'll use the word "comes back" because I don't know how else to phrase it was very clearly like a vase from ancient Greece. Mm-hmm. And then, and that's the first thing that you see where you get an idea of like what you're really looking at. It was very clearly a Grecian like vase, like it was. It was cool. Right. Like I thought it was. Cool. And then, really and then you had the uh, the axe that they didn't see that somehow got embedded in the wall. I I love that after they they emptied the battery and figured out you know oh you know we might be able to use this thing let's let's hide it they just stick it in a bin in the shop and put a rug over it <laughs> like hey yeah this this will work nobody will look under this rug <laughs> <laughs> what could go wrong <laughs> yeah this is actually where I wrote the bully stuff in this section so it had to be something here but I also the the crazy redhead Cindy Lauper look alike did she. Is her line, you can just drip, come whole? 
the sock ain't fooling anyone? Yes. Yes. She's, yeah. Yes, okay. that's right. That's what she says. The sock ain't fooling anyone. But she, yeah, you can just drip. Come whole. I couldn't find this anything, so I had to kind of replay it because she has a pretty thick na- a pretty thick accent. It's quite the uh, line there. And there's some Stormtrooper helmets. There are. There, two As they're messing with his car. Yeah. <laughs> and when they're like... So, they're like doing whatever to his car. Mm-hmm. Now this weird wave and all this craziness that brings back the thing, it also apparently made them lose two hours of time. Uh, usually Goldschlager would do that for me. Oh, don't say the but... word on me. Oh my god, <laughs> oh, I'm sick now. Some rum for me. Oh. <laughs> but in this case, it was uh, an orb. And the, they go to their teacher, they realize they missed a test so on and so forth, and they're like, well, you know, we've got this little science-y question. My science project that I randomly found in a junkyard. What do you think? You know, like, can you maybe help us? And I thought it was interesting that he's like, yeah, I'm going to an anti-war demonstration reunion. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. Makes sense. There was nothing really going on back then. Um, and, uh, but then he's like, but I'll be back in the classroom at 9, grading. Like, so you're going to go to a reunion that evening and then come back and to then grade. Come back to cl- I thought that same thing because that's just not how And then it works. be up at six in the morning yeah, to teach again? Because you're going to get yeah. to the reunion. And if it's Dennis Hopper, you know there's going to be like quaaludes or something involved. So he's not <laughs> oh, busy. yeah. Well, you know, he'll, he'll do that cocaine and then just stay up all night and be good to go the next that's day. That's fair. Okay, that could be it. He will spike the punch bowl with horse tranquilizers. <laughs> <laughs> Then somebody will pull out a dead record. It's a, it's a, it's a whole thing. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and of course, the so that's basically what happens. They they say okay. They bring this orb to them later in the evening. They're a little bit late, of course, because that seems to be a thing in this movie. And they do some ex- more experimenting. The experimenting is not really that important, but the big thing is the teacher gets zapped. Well, the teacher's like, we need to give it more power, and then just plugs it into an outlet. Yeah, remember, he, j- yeah. he just takes the wires and jams them in. Yeah, like, and the thing hands. just, like, draws all this power, and he's turned into, like, Jafar dealing with, like, the genie's powers. He's like, oh, unlimited power! And he's, like, swirling the, the stuff around that's Little coming out space. of the orb. Yeah. What's that? Yeah. Little bitty living space. Oh, yeah. Oh, that's funny. And he's just like swirling all this, you know, quote unquote power around. And he's like, oh, I can feel it coursing through me. And then he just, all right, dude. Gone. So teacher's gone. uh, You know, back to rehab for a little bit of time. But he does leave his peace symbol. And they try to stop this thing from drawing power, and they can't. So, of course, what is the only way to stop something from drawing power in an 80s movie? You gotta blow up the power plant in the 80s. That's the only way that you that can stop it. power is to blow Which, up. yeah, we were alive in the 80s. I very distinctly remember, you know, trying to turn off the lights in my bedroom and heaving a grenade at the local power plant. <laughs> yeah, I remember when you did that. Our entire yeah. town went dark. <laughs> yeah, but I was able to get sleep for the first time in weeks. <laughs> I couldn't so, yeah, they, Rambo, they... so that pissed me off. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Uh, yeah, they they, they somehow get out the camp. they somehow get dynamite. They you know they basically end up with the nerd joining up with them, and uh, you know they I guess go blow up this power plant. 
Um, the scene when they're in the car, and like they're they're trying to outrace the, like the the, the energy as it's the like, electric suction. The, yeah, as yeah. it's going to, through the wires. Mm-hmm. That's I remember that distinctly from you know when I was whatever age when this came out. Like, I I've never forgotten that scene. Like that's the scene I I, I was talking. I mentioned it a little bit earlier, but like I was like, oh my and, god, I can't remember. I can't believe this is the movie that it was in because I I've remembered that scene in the past and I couldn't remember what movie it was from. And this scene really reminds me of another movie, and it's another movie that we may do at one point here on the Give Me Five podcast. And for some reason, when I see this scene, I think of The Wraith. I love that movie. Oh, my God. That was a great movie. Yeah. And I I may have us do that movie at some point in the future. It does. I agree with that. There there was a little line here. We're going to totally do that movie, by the way. For sure. Uh, There was a line here in this where someone was getting, like, nervous or scared about going fast. And they go, that's just like an, this is just like an e-ride at Disney. <laughs> I remember that, yeah. And I was like, an e-ride? And I was trying to think of like what that meant. An e-ride? Because, yeah, so at first I was e-rides, like. E-rides were the most popular rides at Disney. When Disney was doing tickets, yep. you, had, you had tickets for certain rides. You had an E-ticket, you had an A-ticket, you had a B-ticket, you had a C-ticket. And each one of those tickets would get you onto one of the one of the rides at Disney, and the best rides were the e-ticket rides. When was this? So that'd be like Thunder Mountain, or early '80s, obviously, and okay. '70s. I think the first time I went to Disney was probably '85 or '6. So this might have not been happening anymore. Wow, I didn't know about that. I've never known that. I don't remember that. Huh. Okay. Yeah. So I actually went. You know, I went down that rabbit hole too and found all that stuff out. And what Rob says is the truth. I did not know that. It is the truth. Yep. Don't question me on Disney. (laughs) No, I would never. I mean, I've been there like a hundred times, but I don't remember. It must have been after this E ride stuff. Yeah. Yeah. It's probably right around the time that they they worked. I've never been to Disneyland, but. Me neither. um, Anyway, uh, so I just thought that was kind of fun. They they. Decide to go to the school because now, of course, the police are wondering why their uh, why their teacher disappeared, and of course, why they blew up the power plant. Yeah. Oh, now I have this time traveling orb. Okay. This dude's having a mental break. Did you try some of that synthetic marijuana? (laughs) (laughs) Did you Did you try those brownies on your teacher's desk? Yeah. That kind of thing. Welcome to twenty twenty one. Try those gummies. Good luck. (laughs) <laughs> uh, anyway yeah they, they, they hope to prove their innocence by showing this orb and proving that they're not crazy uh, they run into the nerd of course who uh, and they who hooks up the orb again they need to really just stop with that but they hook up the orb yet again and this time they start bringing more stuff from the past forward so we got what uh, Vietnam dudes Oh, I didn't think they hooked it up. I just thought it absorbed so much power that it started its own vortex. I thought after they blew up the power station, it had already absorbed enough power. I didn't remember okay. them hooking it up again. Uh, okay, well, it was kind of yeah. I think it was working on its own power at that point. Yes, was it? I think yeah. so. Okay, well, I don't remember because, then... because they met the nerd like outside the school. Gotcha. Well, then this this official breakdown inside. that I found lied to me. Oh, well. 
maybe they did hook it up again, and I just forgot it. But either know. way, it do, it starts bringing stuff from the past, and you get your um, you got you get uh, what Viet Vietnam veterans in the gymnasium and Tyrannosaurus. Viet Cong, not Viet Cong. Viet. Well, isn't oh yeah, it is because there's yeah, and we got uh, dinosaurs in the gymnasium. Much better looking than the oddly enough than the ones from the movie that came twenty years later or ten years later. Twenty years later. Twenty years. Twenty plus. Uh, yeah. Twenty five. Yeah. Wasn't it? Wasn't it? Was it eighty five uh, to two thousand five? Oh, twenty. So 20. Years, yeah. Yeah. yeah twenty five years. Oh no, you're right. Eighty five to two thousand five. Never mind. Yeah. I can math. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, I mean, it actually looked pretty good. There, you know, you know, it's an eighties movie. There's. You, know, you when you see a lot of '80s movies, there's a lot of um, Vietnam references, and you kind of, in a way, forget that that was just ten years before a lot of them. Yeah, like if 15. you watch like Rambo or something, like Vietnam had just ended like seven years earlier. Mm-hmm. It's really weird. Like being when at at the age that we were at the time, there's there was no like frame of reference for it. But like thinking now, like Vietnam was fresh, like in the in like American like minds. Mm-hmm. So there, you're right. There's a lot of references to it, and even like a show like Mash, was really just a, a thinly veiled Vietnam reference. Mm-hmm. And a lot of the writers too were. It was a different era back then of the writers because they were. I, I feel like now, movie writers are the clever. I wrote for the Harvard Review for twenty years or for ten years, <laughs> and now I came up with a clever idea for a movie, and like. Back then, it was just these blue-collar dudes that were just in a room spitting out movies. And yeah, there was the occasional I wrote a book and became a movie thing. But just from what I read, it was Hollywood was very kind of more blue-collar back then. I did not. That, I, I, didn't I know think. That. And like it may be a little bit before then, because they had like the studio system where people owned certain writers, and that kind of dissolved um, in the seventies and eighties. But I just always get the feeling that just from reading stuff that it was. Hard drinking, hard smoking dudes that were just like writing the stuff, and a lot of them probably had to deal with Vietnam. I mean, I don't know the the history of a lot of these directors and stuff, but these people are the age of our parents. And like my mom, when she rolls out a road yearbook, I've seen her point at people like he died in Vietnam, he died in Vietnam, he died in Vietnam, he died. That's crazy. And yeah, but that's yeah. the thing is, even if those guys didn't have to deal directly with Vietnam for whatever reason. It directly affected them. Yeah, like like. So like we jo- we joke about the you know a lot of these these cheesy movies and stuff, and it's like when they pop in Vietnam in a comedy sequence, it's like, oh wow, like that's kind of it's not that random back then. Um, right. The dinosaur, however, was a little more random, and it's also very random that we now have two movies in a row that have involved shooting a dinosaur. Well, let's go for a trifecta. <laughs> I don't think that's going to happen. I don't think it can. Because you guys are in for a treat on the next uh, movie, yeah, the next week's movie. Apparently so. I am looking forward to it. You are going to be sorely disappointed. <laughs> I've seen the trailer. I can angrily rant about the movie. It's true. It's French. Aren't we Oh, all? God. <laughs> it's French, and it might be a ripoff of – it may be a ripoff of uh, Jewel of the Nile. Oh my god, I love or that Big movie. Trouble in Little China. Yeah, and and I, yeah, we'll see. I haven't seen it yet. But anyway, uh, we get to they have to you know, deactivate the gizmo to stop all this stuff. Um, how do they deactivate the gizmo? I don't even know. 
Do we know? Shit, I don't remember. How did they turn it off, Omar? Oh, sorry, I'm writing. Um, uh, <laughs> I don't think anyone remembers. I, I it just literally stops. don't remember. Now that you asked me directly, I don't. Yeah, remember. I don't think they. I think it just does. No, they did something. No, he goes in there and does some. I want to say he unplugs it. That's anticlimactic. They did no, 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 no. They did something. He did something because he went in there, and and the girl followed him in to try and help him. Oh my god! I don't know. Well, let's let's move on, and, and we're going to close this out here so that the the teacher comes back um, after you know after all these things. Uh, he's promptly arrested for blowing up the power lines. Uh, and he uh, is also very excited he does give them... Um, they, he gives them an A because he got a chance to go see Woodstock. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's and he's And he's, as you said, dressed in his, his uh, clothing from... I forgot about that. But did I fall Robert Roberts, Esquire to you, honky! <laughs> <laughs> yep. They deactivated, uh, but I don't remember how. And he says he'll give them an A, of course, if they they give they put give away or put put it back where it came from. Put that did thing he, back where it came did from. He reverse the, did he reverse the sequence that he did to turn it on? Because remember, you had to like pump the prime the switch or whatever, and flip the thing um, around to get it to turn on. I'm not sure. He discovered on accident while he was cleaning it. It was really, it was really just a vehicle to, you know, to get it to stop and to have a dinosaur appear. Mm-hmm. Uh, they have to bring it back to get the ray. They bring it back to the military base, and on the way back, the car breaks down. And, um, you know, different from the beginning of the movie because he has learned to love things other than a car. She's like, you know, should we call someone or to get help? It, he's like, the car didn't actually break down. The car just ran out of gas. Oh, yeah, it did run out of gas, yeah. Yeah, it's breakdown. Yeah. And uh, they leave it on the side of the road, and she's like, Do you want, should we get some help? And he's like, yeah, it's just a car. So it proved that he has – he's no longer a car person. He's now into Ellie, I think. Well, but it was also it was also very tongue-in-cheek, and it was also directed at Ellie because Ellie was the one who had said that line earlier in the movie. Yeah. And he's like, well, it is just a car, you know kind of like wink wink nudge nudge you know what i mean you know what i mean yeah and it showed you know of course that he is he's grown based on this situation now did you did you catch how he put the thing how he put the thing back Mm -mm. he broke back into the to the great to the airplane graveyard or whatever went back to the same location where they found it it was it was it was a um a secret trap door that opened up into a subterranean room and the trap door was still open he he walks up to the hole and just kind of tosses the thing in there. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And then just closes the trap door. I'm mm-hmm. like, wait, what? What could go wrong? <laughs> exactly. I'm like, oh my god. All right. And I so, remember when he was. We, down we were in just. There. Uh, let, let's let's close out this part here, so we're not uh, going too long. Fair. And I want, and let's do our first thing. Uh, remake. Uh, re uh, remake. Revisit? No, revival. Revival. Or rest in peace. Should they remake it? Should they revive it? Or should it go away forever? I think just like the last one we watched, I think this could be a cool remake. I I, I think it could. It as could well. be. It could be a very clever 
this this is one that isn't necessarily locked into the 80s like some of the ones that we've seen in the past that i don't know that they would work outside of the 80s i think this one could work with a remake mm-hmm. I think and i would like cool. if they if they do a remake i need them to actually have a real scientist create some sort of actual science experiment for them that uses this power source rather than it just be something they found so yeah i think we're all on board with the remake uh we talked about history Omar, what did you find? Well, um, this was a really interesting like time. So for those of us into music, the week that this movie came out, this movie came out in um, August, uh, I believe, 8th of 1985. That week, top 10 Billboard songs Who's Holding Donna Now by DeBarge? Get It On, Bang a Gong, which is a cover, a T-Rex cover, but it was by The Power Station. Um, Sentimental Street by Night Ranger. Power of Love by Huey Lewis and the News. That's going to come back in That's a minute. That's the power of yeah. love. That's going to be important in a minute when we talk about the movies. Um, Never Surrender by Corey Hart. Glory Days, Glory Days by Bruce Springsteen. Um, you Give Good Love by Whitney... I'm sorry, Whitney Houston. Um, if you could love somebody, if I'm sorry, if you love somebody, set them free by Sting, which I think was his first solo album after the Police, um, um, Dream of the Blue Turtles. Every time you go away by Paul Young, and number one that week, one of my all-time favorites, Tears for Fears with Shout. Like that's a really uh, good week you, in movie. That is actually, yeah, that is really. That's good. a crazy love- week. Of, of like music. I love Never I Surrender. Know most of those songs. You do, Rob? Did not. You did not. Well, you do. If you do, if you you'll you'll know most of them um, if you hear them. In movies, check this out. Wait, wait, real quick. We didn't cover this, and Rob will be mad. Corey Hart also was known for a song called "I Wear My Sunglasses at Night." Yes. This movie has a sunglass quote that Rob is actually is one of the reasons Rob brought this movie to the the table. I did. At, at one point in the movie, they're being booked by they're being booked into the jail by police officers, and the kid played by Fisher Stevens is still wearing his sunglasses. And the cop looks at him and goes, "Why are you wearing sunglasses? It's night." And the, and Fisher Stevens looks back at her and goes, "Because when you are cool, the sun shines on you twenty four hours, hours a day." <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> Okay, and sorry. That line I have quoted uh, in various forms in multiple conversations ever since. Which, ironically, not cool. <laughs> <laughs> but I think it is, wow. though. I gotta say, I think it might be. Check out the movies. This week, okay. this is like, this blew my mind when I looked this up, okay? I, I, I'm gonna, I'll do the top 10, but I, I have to go back a little bit because you can't imagine the movies that are all out at the same time. Are you ready to have your mind blown? Number 28, Red Sonia. Number 27, Amadeus. Number 26, Desperately Seeking Susan. 25, Legend of Billie Jean. 22, yes. Man with One Red Shoe, starring Tom Hanks. Uh, number 21, James Bond, A View to a Kill. 20, Gods Must Be Crazy. Number 18, The Goonies. Number 15, Say Nemo's Fire. Number 14, Mad Max Beyond Thunderdome. Number 13, My Science Project. Number 12, Rambo. Number 8, Cocoon. 7, Real Genius. 6, 
Weird Science, five Fright Night, four European Vacation, three Pee Wee's Big Adventure, two Summer Rental, and number one was Back to the Future. Like, what a freaking ridiculous week for movies and music. It, like, I, I, I'm shocked by it because all of that stuff is classic. It, and, that's crazy. It's classic. And there were a couple of movies. There were a couple of movies that came out within a week or two of that. That it's like because ones that you didn't mention that were also on my list were Weird Science, uh, Follow That Bird, and American Flyers. Oh my God! Yeah, yeah. Do no, you, Weird Science. I mentioned that was number six after Real. Oh, Genius. okay, okay. But yeah, yeah, yeah. American Flyers. Are you kidding? Of course. Wait, Summer Rental was that? John, John Candy. Candy. Oh, that. Okay. No, it was. I thought that was the John, what, the Johnny Depp one that made Jimmy want to murder us. No, that was um, some uh, private resort. Uh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> that was hard to watch. He wasn't wrong. But, you know. Anyway, <laughs> that was um, what, what else happened in history here? A bunch of depressing shit. One of the positive things was that on the day that this movie was released, Anna Kendrick was born. Yeah, I was just going to say that. Um. The Space Shuttle Challenger successfully landed after, I think it was the 19th trip um, out into space. Within a year, the Space Shuttle Challenger, of course, was going to, um, you know, tragically explode live on television. On my birthday, January 28th, 1986. Correct. Um August 5th, so just a few days before this movie was re- uh, was released, Rock and Roll Hall of Fame is announced, like the establishment of the actual Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, um, which I didn't realize was only from the 80s. Uh, you know, in my mind, it's always been a thing. And that also, that same... Like, like Bob Dylan plugged in his guitar and a building appeared there, <laughs> and that was it. Isn't that how it works? <laughs> yeah, that's what I thought. And that same week, two major airline crashes, one in Fort Worth where 137 people died, and one in Japan, um, the second deadliest aviation disaster of all time, 520 people died. And I didn't, I didn't look up the details for that, but that must have meant that like, the, that plane must have crashed into something. But that's, like, that's a hell of a week for flying Yeah, it just seems like that. It seems like that was always going on in the 80s and, and early 90s, various plane crashes. Not fun. No. That's true. Plane crashes also, no, and I'm not kidding, um, hijackings. Yep. That was a big thing back in the 80s and, and really early 90s it ended, but yeah. And apparently neon sunglasses and, like, bangles. <laughs> and, yes. and, uh, yeah. But hey, August 9th, Anna Kendrick. Yeah, for sure. Excellent. Yay. Anna, if you're listening, call me. <laughs> Call me first cuz I'm single. So <laughs> You might want to call your lawyer, Anna, first <laughs> for for these two. Don't make it weird, Greg. <laughs> okay, so let's let's we are in fact called the Give Me 5 podcast. And that is because we do top 5 lists. And Rob, what is our top 5 list this week? This week, our top five list is we want to know who your top five cool teachers are from movies or TV. In film or TV, who are your top five favorite cool teachers? I think for our 
first list, we will go to the voicemail and get a list from our patron of unusual size, Alec. Hey, Give Me Five Podcast, top five TV or movie teachers. I didn't include any principles. If I would have, Morgan Freeman would probably have made the list as number one because I love him and lean on me. But I just tried to uh, limit it to teachers. Um, honorable mention goes to the Detective John Kimball. That's Arnold in Kindergarten Cup. He would have been my number one, but he's not technically a teacher, so I just wanted to mention that character. Uh, number five would be Hanging with Mr. Cooper. I used to love that show when I was younger, and I always thought that would be a cool coach slash teacher. Number four would be um, Edward James Olmos in Stand and Deliver. Um, I think his teacher's name is Jaime Escalante. I thought he was really great. Could have been an awesome teacher to have. Number three is Michelle Pfeiffer as Luann Johnson in Dangerous Minds, who wouldn't want Michelle Pfeiffer to be their teacher. Uh, number two is uh, Charles Keating, I think his name was. It's Robert Williams in Dead Poets Society. It's a pretty obvious choice, I think. And then number one is kind of showing my age. I wasn't born when this show came out, but I watched it in reruns. Welcome back, Cotter. I just thought it would be cool to be part of the Sweat Hogs and have Mr. Cotter as your teacher. So that's my uh, top five teachers. Hope you like the list. Thanks. Bye. He he did also just text me and say that he did have one that he forgot that he would have that he would have included. So I told him I would include it as an honorable mention, and that's Indiana Jones as a professor. Oh my God! Didn't even think about that. That's brilliant. And I love that he threw in "Welcome Back, Cotter" because I was thinking that too. That's awesome. His extra one was on my list. What's your list mm, already? My list? You, what you, oh, you think I'm just going to tell you my yeah. list? Well, I am. <laughs> For a small fee. <laughs> yep. In honor of us just having done the movie not too long ago, I will add Mr. McGree, the teacher from Rock and Roll High School that has a heart of gold and is willing to accept a bunch of stanky-ass punks into his life. So, Mr. McGree, there you go. Now, for my actual list, I'm going to start off with Charlie Moore. Do you know who Charlie Moore is? Talk to me. Charlie Moore is the teacher from Head of the Class. That is true. The show that gave us Robin Gibbons. (laughs) Mm. My number four is Robin Williams. So I went from Robin Gibbons to Robin Williams because it's Sean McGuire in Good Will Hunting and John John Keating Keating. in Dead Poet Society. So I'm, I'm I'm merging them into one. That's fair. Okay. That's fair. Because Sean McGuire was actually the one. You guys don't probably remember this, but there was a while that anyone that had any remotely artistic sense wanted to write a fucking screenplay, and that was partially because of Kevin Smith and partially because of Ben Affleck and uh, Matt and Matt Damon because of Goodwill Hunting. And I have some very embarrassing screenplays somewhere. Um. <laughs> I'm not sure where they Rob, are, this summer, but they're there. We're going to dig those out, buddy. <laughs> yeah, we are. <laughs> they're on a computer that probably no longer has disk drives that work. Actually, the, the computer's Rob probably more in a... We'll figure it out. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, that's my number uh, four. Number three is, of course, Indiana Jones. And technically, he didn't really ever teach, other than maybe a little bit at the beginning of the movies, but... This this was a joke that I saw that made me, made me laugh. Someone was like, they they said they wanted to see a a, a TV or a um, educational drama about uh, 
Indiana Jones's uh, like teaching assistant that has to teach all of his classes while he's off like killing mm-hmm. Nazis. That's a great idea. There you go. And like just begrudgingly be like, yeah, okay, boss, I'll I'll cover your class again. What are you doing? And, Fine. You know. That's funny. So not my joke, not my premise. It was actually someone on on Twitter that, but That's I don't genius. remember who. Yeah, uh, Mr. Miyagi is a teacher. And in honor of the fact that when I did my patron list the other night, I left, I had to leave out the Karate Kid. I'm putting Mr. Miyagi at number two. But my number one is a surprise, and it is a movie I saw recently, and it has aged very well. And that is Dewey Finn from School of Rock. Yeah, nice. Jumped up to number one, partially because I just watched it recently, but and also partially because it has some really positive uh, ideas for a movie that came out kind of right on the cusp of people realizing that maybe there are not so positive things of, you know, the way thing people are treated. So, mm-hmm. um, so I would say Dewey Finn in School of Rock. Nice. I had that on my list too, but since you have it, I'm going to go in a different direction since you mentioned it. Yeah. Um, I'm going to start with, just because we did uh, Mortal Kombat recently, I'm going to start with uh, Bridget Wilson and ben- Billy Madison. That Veronica Vaughn. Just to say hi to her again, because she's awesome. <laughs> um, these are, by the way, as usual, I have 50 things written down, and I'm just picking, you know, because they're in no particular order, because this is what breaks my brain every week. Um, I'm going to go, uh, no, my fourth pick is Tom Berenger slash Treat Williams in The Substitute 1 and, and 2. Wow, I forgot about those. Those were movies. awesome. I, all I remember is the scene where I think it's the Treat Williams version, uh, part two, where he's like got a yo-yo, and he like uses it to like <laughs> smash this kid's drink in the classroom, and to show him how like it looks like a toy, but it was actually developed as a weapon. Like that's the coolest Treat shit ever. Williams, right? That was awesome. Yeah. All right. Um, I also have uh, Robin Williams, of course. Dead, well, I, I just had Dead Poet Society, but because I, I wasn't thinking about Goodwill Hunting, but yeah, of course. Um, I had to put Cameron Diaz as bad teacher just because. Just look at her. <laughs> I think I know which brain Omar used to make his list this week. As do I. My number one, though, this is a fantastic movie um, It Man. Did you ever see Nice. I have not. I'm reading about it like right now, as I've said a couple times. Excellent. Uh, I've never seen it. This is, of course, the true story of... When I first saw it, I didn't know what it was. I thought it was I.P. Man. But his name is actually I.P. Ip, and his last name is Man. I'm using an American accent. He's the dude that trained Bruce Lee. Mm -hmm. And it's a true story, and there's a great background about, like, back during like World War II and like all the stuff that they had to go through when the Japanese took over and stuff. It is, it, I think there's three movies right now. I'm not sure if there's four. Um, they are excellent and they are historical. I haven't really read the, 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 the specifics and the direct, um, like the actual history of it, so I'm not sure how much of it is fiction, but they are fantastic movies. And there is a lot of actual history there that people don't know about how bad China had it um, during World War II. And it's super, super interesting. 
So I highly recommend it. I'm actually was going to uh, – that was a movie I'm going to pick when I finish the gym. The, I did it again. The uh, uh, that Bruce Lee book. Okay. So we will be watching it for the show at some Perfect. point. So those are my Rob. five. Okay. Well, when I initially when I initially posed the question, the question was from a a place of I was looking for uh, the quote unquote cool teachers like Bob Roberts in my science project, and and it's fine that it kind of became you know your favorite teachers because that that works too. It's it's very hard to find the the cool slash hippie teachers, mm-hmm. but my list kind of leaned a little bit more into that so i've actually got uh mr mcgree from rock and roll high school at number five at number four i've got charlie moore from head of the class at number three i've got robin williams um as john keating at number two i've got dewey finn and it was a toss-up between number two and number one. But number one is from a TV show that I absolutely love. It is so ridiculous. And it's a cartoon. My number one is Mr. Small from The Amazing World of Gumball. <laughs> That's funny. I love that show. Okay. I haven't gotten into it. It is so. Have Have you sat down and like watched full episodes of it? Yeah, my kid hates it. Really? So, um, there's a couple times where like he'll leave the room when it's on. Really? Well, yeah. The thing with Gumball is is that it's really aimed at an older crowd. Well, yeah, but like like he'll leave the room and like there's a couple times where I'm like, okay, let's see what this is about, and I and I I don't like that style of animation mostly. Mm-hmm. And I don't, it, so it didn't. It didn't grab me. Interesting. Okay. I love it. I think. I think it's very clever, very well hidden, because it, it's all wrapped up in a in a cartoon that looks like it's meant for kids, and the the way that they deliver some of the things is just like kids wouldn't get that, but I think that's friggin' hilarious. So. Yeah. It also it reminds me a lot, at least stylistically, like Adventure Time, which makes me want to beat people to death with the baseball. Oh no! I see. I I don't think it look. I don't think it looks at all like Adventure Time. I stylistically, know. I think it's. I think it's got a much different style as far as the animation is concerned than Adventure Time. Anyway, we are closing out here. Those were our lists. If you have your own lists. You can uh, send them in. Where can they send them, Greg? You can send them to GiveMe5Podcast at gmail.com. Or you can find us on Twitter or Instagram, GiveMe5Pod. You can check us out on Facebook by searching for the GiveMe5Podcast. Spell out five. F-I-V-E. It's not that hard. Don't be lazy. Don't just put a five in there. You're going to get some stoners that gave up after the first Avengers movie. (laughs) But for some reason still show up when you search for us with the right spelling. We're the one with the cool logo, not the one with the yellow logo. The last thing they're talking about is, you know, how Thanos is cool. Uh, you can also support the show by writing reviews. You can tell your friends about us. Uh, you can tell your enemies about us, depending on how you feel. 
you can uh, buy t-shirts at gimme5podcast.threadless.com. We have a cool logo. I've, it has nothing to do with us. Like, it really doesn't. We just have an awesome artist friend that did a cool logo for us. Support her because, you know, she worked hard on it, and she does cool, like, beer cans and stuff as well. And it's a badass logo. So, yeah, yeah. That logo is the only reason Omar decided to join that the show. It. it wasn't the people. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. Like, no. It was the... So, uh, thank you for listening. And we'll uh, see you next week. Anything else, guys? See you guys in the chat room. Come join us. Hey, kid. Why do you wear sunglasses at night? Because when you're... Give me five podcast. The sun shine on you 24 hours a day. Oh, yeah? <laughs> <laughs>